Good morning. Whether you are joining us online or here in the sanctuary, welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. I am the Reverend Michelle Lagrave, she, her, your interim co-lead minister. And I am so excited to be worshiping with all of you today. I especially want to welcome all of you who, just like me, might be new to the church. If you are joining us remotely, and if you can, please try to say hello in the comments. If you're here in person, please join us for the social hour after the service. Either way, we love the chance to get to know you a little better, especially since the theme of this morning's service is getting to know you. If you'd like, you can also go to the website at austinuu.org and fill out a visitor form. You simply click on worship, which will then show you the link where you need to go. Whoever you are, wherever you come from, wherever you find yourself on your life's journey, whichever your pronouns, whether you've walked in or rolled in or dialed in, whomever you love, you are welcome here. You belong here. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person. It is in this tradition that I invite you to now greet the holy among us either in the comments online or simply by turning to those around you here in the sanctuary. Good morning. My name is Nancy and my pronouns are she, her, and I am your light leader for today. Okay, please join me in saying the words for lighting the chalice. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Today's call to worship was written by the Reverend Gary Kowalski, who serves the Unitarian Congregation of Taos. He is the author of numerous books on spirituality, animals, history, and science. We gather here to worship, to seek the truth, to grow in love, to join in service, to celebrate life's beauty and find healing for its pain, to honor our kinship with each other and with the earth, to create a more compassionate world beginning with ourselves, to wonder at the mystery that gave us birth, to find courage for the journey's end, and to listen for the wisdom that guides us in the quietness of this moment. This congregation worked together to write a common spiritual purpose. This mission guides our decisions, programs, and ministries and we put it on the wall so that we can say it together every Sunday. 
Let's do so now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. Good morning. I'm Kelly Stokes. My pronouns are she, her, and I am the lifespan, director of lifespan religious education. Sorry, I'm finding my stool. Um, I'm going to invite the children to come up for the best view of the story. Our story today is about when we start something new, like we start with a new class or a new group. And a lot of us, a lot of us who are younger are doing that in school right now. We might be about to go into our third week of school of the new school year. And a lot of us are professors or teachers, and we're starting, UT just started this week. And a lot of the people, a lot of the grown-ups in the congregation are about to start in new adult groups here at the church. We have eight new groups for grown-ups that all just opened, and they start in the next few weeks, and they'll last through May, and you can all sign up. So we're all kind of coming into rooms where we don't know anyone, or maybe we just don't know everyone. And when we come in, we might be thinking, is there going to be anyone like me? Will there be anyone who likes me when I come in? So that's what our story is about today. It's called The Day You Begin. There's a lot of details in these pictures, and I'm going to invite all of you to come a little closer if you want to, so you can see all of the pictures really well. There's lots of room. This is by Jacqueline Woodson and Rafael Lopez. There will be times when you walk into a room and no one there is quite like you. Maybe it will be your skin, your clothes, or the curl of your hair. There will be times when no one understands the way words curl from your mouth. The beautiful language of the country you left behind. My name is Rigoberto. We just moved here from Venezuela. And because they don't understand, the classroom will fill with laughter until the teacher quiets everyone. Rigoberto from Venezuela, your teacher says so soft and beautifully that your name and homeland sound like flowers blooming the first bright notes of a song. There will be times when the words don't come. Your own voice, once huge, now smaller. When the teacher asks, what did you do last summer? Tell the class your story. We went to France, Chela says. These shells come from a beach in Maine. A boy named Jonathan holds out a jar, filled with tiny shells so fragile, they look like they'll turn to dust in your own untraveled hands. My whole family went to India, Spain, South Carolina. Each souvenir a small triumph of a journey, their travels going on and on. And as you stand in front of that room, you can only remember how the heat waved as it lifted off the curb as you spent your days at home caring for your little sister, who made you laugh out loud and hugged you hard at nap time. You can only remember the books you kept on reading long after she had fallen to sleep. And in that room where no one else is quite like you, you'll look down at your own empty hands and wonder, what good is this when other students were flying and sailing and going somewhere? There will be times when the lunch your mother packaged for you is too strange 
are too unfamiliar for others to love as you do. When even your own friend, Nadia, will wrinkle her nose and say, what's in there anyway? And you'll wonder how she doesn't see the rice beneath the meat and kimchi. You'll wonder why she doesn't remember that rice is the most popular food in the world. There will be times when the climbing bars are too high, the run is too fast and far, the game isn't one you can even really play. I don't want him on our team. You can watch. Maybe you can have a turn later. There will be times when the world feels like a place that you're standing all the way outside of. And all that stands beside you is your own brave self, steady as steel and ready, even though you don't yet know what you're ready for. There will be times when you walk into a room and no one there is quite like you until the day you begin to share your stories. My name is Angelina and I spent the whole summer with my little sister, you tell the class, your voice stronger than it was a minute ago, reading books and telling stories. And even though we were right on our block, it was like we got to go everywhere. Your name is like my sister's, Rigoberto says. Her name is Angelina too. And all at once, in the room where no one else is quite like you, the world opens itself up a little wider to make some space for you. This is the day you begin to find the places inside your laughter and your lunches, your books, your travels, and your stories, where every new friend has something a little like you and something else so fabulously not quite like you at all. Please find a comfortable place to be. Place your feet flat on the floor if you can and if you will, so that you might feel more connected to the earth which nourishes and sustains us all. Close your eyes if you are comfortable doing so and take a deep breath in. As together we enter into a time of meditation followed by silence. We are gathered here together as one community. Whether we are here in this sanctuary or online or on TV, in this moment or at some point in the future, we are one community. No matter how close or far we are separated by time and space, we are together. We are connected. We are one community. And so we breathe together in 
and out. In and out. As we enter into the silence. Amen and blessed be. It is the beautiful practice of this congregation to invite anyone who wishes to light candles representing sorrow, joy, hope, memory, resilience, whatever it is you need to honor. Let us do so now as we listen quietly to the musical meditation.
Our reading today is number 120 from Lifting Our Voices. It was written by the Reverend Erica Hewitt, whose pronouns are she, her. Hewitt serves as the Minister of Worshiping Arts for the UUA. I don't have anything to say. Well, I do, but it might not be interesting to anyone. I have secrets inside of me and struggles, and I don't know if I'm ready to share them. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to speak of the deepest things together. I want to hear what you dream about, what you hope for. I want to know how you have come to arrive at this resting point along your journey. What if I speak and you don't understand me? I will listen and listen again until my hearing becomes my understanding. What if I can't find the words to share the world that is inside of me? I believe that wise words will emerge from you. How can I trust you to hold my life stories, you who I may not even know? By knowing that, as I receive part of your story, I will give you part of mine. How will this work? What will happen? What awaits us? We can find out anything by beginning. Let us begin to listen and trust and to know one another more deeply. Let us begin to listen, to know one another more deeply, and to trust. Let us begin by sharing our stories. Mine begins like this. I was born under a cross. This might seem like an odd beginning for a Unitarian Universalist minister, but it is true, both literally and figuratively. Not only was there a lighted cross on the hospital itself, there was a giant lighted cross that sat upon the top of a hill and loomed over the city, beneath which, on the side of the hill, in large white letters were the words, Holy Land. The nuns had a sense of humor. <laughs> I was born a liberal Protestant into a world dominated by Catholicism, a world that, upon later reflection, seemed to be reliving the Protestant Reformation. As a Congregationalist, I was part of a numerical minority and experienced my small world as such. I was taught everything we believed in contrast to what the Catholics believed. We kept things simple. Crosses instead of crucifixes. No idols. That was a big one. 
Not a single painting or drawing of Jesus anywhere. Which was fine when I was in my home church. But quickly became a moral dilemma every time I was in a Catholic church. And there were many times for weddings, for funerals, or Girl Scout events, while sleeping over at a friend's house. The problem was I didn't know where to rest my eyes. There were statues everywhere. So I mostly wound up looking at the floor. It was safe there. I didn't want to get in trouble with God for accidentally committing idolatry. I was, in some ways, a serious child, at least when it came to my faith. While I didn't always love Sunday school, I did love being in church. I loved the joyful entrance songs and the long processional of robed choir members and ministers. Sometimes I daydreamed about what it might be like to be a minister, though I thought it wouldn't be a good match for me. Too much writing, which I could do well, but I didn't actually like doing. Plus, people were always telling me that I was shy. Well, as you can see, I eventually did become a minister, a transformational process which began when I was in my 30s. I sat down at the dining room table one day and began to read an inspirational article about Gandhi. In it, they talked about how someone had once asked Gandhi if he had a mission or a motto in life. His answer was, my life is my message. In less than an instant, I knew that I needed to become a minister. By then, I was a Unitarian Universalist. I knew that I wanted my life to be my message, and in order for that to be true, I needed to become a UU minister. This was a deeply spiritual experience. And yet, it was one I didn't completely trust at first. So I went through a process of logically confirming that becoming a minister would be a good match for me. I talked to my minister. I made lists of the reasons it would make sense or not. I found out that it was a good match. I had received my call. Years later, and early in my ministry, I candidated for a position as a settled minister in a church. It turned out to be one of life's most heartbreaking and best experiences. The vote to call did not pass. And when people talked about it with me afterwards, they explained that the congregational discussion was all about my identities, that I was queer and disabled and had a service dog and was married to a person who was transgender and was large. My heart broke. These people, my people, had broken faith with me 
with all of us, you too. That these discussions had happened so openly and explicitly was exactly what we UUs were not supposed to be. And I was shocked. And I rather quickly became determined. I had already done one transitional ministry, so I turned right around and applied for another. My mission became clear. I would travel around the country teaching congregations through my presence that it was okay to have a minister like me. My initial call was affirmed. My life would continue to be my message. And so here I am, your interim co-lead minister. Over my time as a minister, I have served congregations in Texas, Nebraska, Illinois, Connecticut, and Massachusetts. I know, that's a lot of moving around. Some of it has been hard, really hard. Much of it has been rewarding. I have met many wonderful people along the way and done some good, I think. On the micro level, my mission is to support congregations in becoming, str <clears throat> becoming stronger and healthier. On the macro level, my mission is to build a better world. We, you and I, will begin or continue, as you have already done some interim ministry, with a practice of self-reflection. My role is to symbolically hold up a mirror reflecting to you what I see so that you might better see yourselves, who you are as a congregation, how you function, so that together we might discern some patterns in who you are now as a congregation and who you have been. This is all done so that you might thoughtfully and intentionally choose which patterns you would like to keep and which ones you are ready to let go. I will support and guide you through this process. And I won't let you fall off any cliffs I see coming. But I want to be clear, and I want you all to be clear that this is your congregation. I will be leaving. It is not your minister's congregation, any of them past or present. It is not Reverend Meg's congregation, though she will remain your honored emerita as she should be. It is your congregation. Who you are and how you are in this world is up to you. You are a strong, vital, healthy, growing congregation, and you have much to be proud of. That will not change. And this interim time can be a rich and rewarding time in the life of your congregation, a time when you become even stronger, 
even healthier, even more vital. The way this happens is by engaging in the hard work of cultural change, maybe even of transformation. I will be here to guide you and support you on the way through, even as it is your congregation and your work to do. Why do I do this work, this ministry? Why should you do this work? That is the crux of the issue, isn't it? Underlying all of this cultural change work, underlying all of the potential transformation is the work of anti-racism and anti-oppression. Or if you prefer newer language, the work of belonging and inclusion. As our congregations work, as this congregation works to dismantle oppression, to widen the circle of concern, to become even more inclusive, to build on feelings of belonging, we, you, are building a better world. We, you, are creating beloved community. This is our, yours and mine, theological work. This is a way we move our theology from our minds, our intellect, from our hearts, our compassion, into action. May it be so. Amen and blessed be. Please join me in saying the words to extinguish the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Go now in peace with love in your hearts, kindness on your lips, compassion at your fingertips, blessing all others as you yourselves are now blessed. Our worship has ended. Now our service begins. Amen and blessed be. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.